The waiter returned, and while I sat in sulky silence, Oliver placed our order. The whole experience was slightly strange, since I still hadn't figured out how demeaning I should be finding it. I definitely wouldn't have wanted it to happen regularly, but there was also some pathetic, lonely part of me that enjoyed being so publicly possessed, especially by a man like Oliver Blackwood. It felt perilously close to being worth something. We're doing fine, I'm doing fine. Welcome to We're Doing Fine, book club edition. For the month of November, we read Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. And I'm in love. <laughs> I want an Oliver Blackwood. I unfortunately am also attracted to men, and this book had two of them, neither of which have been, would have been attracted to me, so... Even more tragic. Yeah, tragic for you. I still don't think I would have a chance with either of them, but I can live in hope that an mm. Oliver Blackwood is out there for me somewhere. All right, well, to paraphrase the book, let's go over a quick synopsis. Mm -hmm. Luke O'Donnell lives in London, son of a former rock legend. Two. Gets stuck in some... His mum was a musician Oh, yeah, two too. former rock legends. Yes. His mum was fantastic. She's great. I love her so much. Yes, so child of rock legends. Gets in some shady business with some shady tabloids, like un unbeknownst to himself. Poor guy just had a uh, mishap. And Honestly, you fall off one curb. Sorry, you fall off one curb and suddenly curb. you're an alcoholic junkie. I just, it's not fair. I mean, he was wearing bunny ears. To a Halloween party, guys. Come on. <laughs> Fair enough. Was it actually Halloween? I thought it was just fancy dress. It was an Alice in Wonderland themed party. I just assumed it was on Halloween. No, but I thought it generally took place in like the early spring. The book. Yeah, all right. It might have. <laughs> I think it was just a fancy dress party. Either way, it was a farty dress. Farty dress. Oh, I'm almost tired. I'm so done. Right, please continue synopsis. All right, so it was a fancy dress party, Alice in Wonderland themed. He was wearing rabbit ears. Because of that, he fell off a curb, which they spell K-E-R-B, and I will never get over. <laughs> and <laughs> and got some bad press because people care about D-list celebrities, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then his boss, like he he works at a he works at a charity, which is obviously, you know needs donors and those donors tend to be a little rather stodgy and we're like um you're a bad gay so we're not gonna give you money for dung beetles yeah. so his co-workers were like you gotta well his boss was like you gotta fix your reputation because we need these donors and then his co-worker alex twaddle very important name was like you should get a boyfriend also just to clarify for anyone I'll be your boy. Alex Twaddle is not an important character. Lisa is just obsessed. <laughs> he is like, he's not even a B or a C list character. He's like in it for all of like 10 minutes collectively. Um, no, Alex is in it quite a lot. It's very important. 
He's certainly in it more than the James Royce Royces. Wait, James Royce Royce or James Royce Royce? Both. <laughs> the James Royce Royces. James Royce married James Royce and they double-barreled their names. But the best part was the audible narrator yes. would emphasise. So for each one, it would be James Royce Royce or James Royce Royce. And oh, it was so clever. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to figure it out through context clues. Um, but yeah, no, so... His one straight friend sets him up with her one other gay friend Classic. to do a whole fake boyfriend thing. And then they kind of just fall in love because this is a romance novel. Yeah. And hilarity and heartbreak and much more emotions ensue. <sighs> ensue. It was so painful. I was honestly laughing out loud. Like, actually laughing out loud. Like, chortling, cackling, all of those things. Oh, same. Same. All of the above throughout the novel. But let's start with an easy question. Who was your favorite character? Oliver. Let's start. Let, let's separate this. Let's separate okay. this. Who was your favorite main character? Oliver. I love him yeah. so much. Yeah. Like, oh, just... <laughs> if I were to date one of them, it would every be Oliver. Because <laughs> he makes Yeah, every time Luke is talking about something that Oliver did that annoys him, I'm like, that's adorable. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But this is because Luke doesn't know how to have proper feelings because he was abandoned I as a child. Know. But I'm just like, Luke, hey, Oliver, don't deal with that shit. Come with me. But he's not really. So. That's very British of you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Emotions? No. no. No, no. We don't None have those. None of those. Thank you. Uh, who was your favorite character? Speaking of which. Okay. Oh, yes. Oliver of the main characters. Yes. Agreed. Hard agree. Excellent. Hard, yeah, for sure. Sorry. Um, just, this was the most British book ever. Mm -hmm. If you listen to our main podcast, you will have heard all of the questions Lisa sent me. That was just from one of the... Yeah. That was just one set of questions that many, I sent. Many, 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 many questions. Oh my gosh. I mean, to be fair, you were like, use me as your British Google. I did not expect that kind of response. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't foresee questions like what is and a what hob? was that exactly? <laughs> <laughs> we just call it a stove. I'm so sorry. I mean, of my questions, what do you think was the most ridiculous or was it the hob? It was the hob one. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, we have some questions from listeners Woo! while we're at it. And since we Woo! were talking about our favorite characters, we have one question from we have one question from martha thank you martha yeah, thank you with an ensemble cast this large and interesting it's easy for our main characters to get lost do you think any of them overshadowed our leads also which is your favorite of the side characters Priya. yeah i Priya? love her when she's like so obviously so i listen to audible um and just the accent they've got so they're like there's one bit where they're chatting away to priya and they're like talking about running away to can't remember where they go to to Durham? stop him doing it. yeah Durham um, and she's like you, you're only inviting me for my truck though aren't you <laughs> 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 I love it and then she's like only I get to have six in my truck though <laughs> <laughs> yes she is fantastic mine is obviously Alex Twaddle oh. <laughs> jo jolly good look 
That Oliver's a strapping lad. Oh my god. He's so good. <laughs> He's just I was not expecting as much of the like work life to actually be in the book. And like all of the side characters are so good. Like I love Bridge, but like Alex fucking twaddle. <laughs> Alex oh. fucking twaddle. I'm just like I was expecting him to like be kind of absurdist because like you know when they were like oh we need to have the discussion of like who people regularly go to dinner with I was expecting it was because Alex thought that Luke had a much higher like pedigree or like had much more fame no it's because Alex is a fancy little lad (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and goes to fancy clubs (laughs) <laughs> and like, See, just my, calls mm, everyone James or Jeeves or whatever. My problem is, I really didn't like Alex that much because I felt like his character was a bit too unbelievable. Like when he keeps forgetting oh, his was... girlfriend's name, and then yes. when he's like, "Oh, oh, sorry, Miffy, are we are we boyfriend girlfriend or are we engaged?" And then Miffy's like, "Oh my good good god, I I don't remember." well, let's just say engaged and we'll discuss it later. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Who the fuck are these two? They were definitely caric- like caricatures rather than like characters, but I loved yeah. it. I think it worked really well. But also that's probably because I'm American and they're hard caricatures of like English aristoca- aristocrats. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. Because I was just um, like, but I yes, don't think any... he's the most British man. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any characters are like overshadowing or anything. I think they all work really well to complement each other as a, as an ensemble. Yes. And I like I also like how some characters, you always say their first name or you always say their full name. Because there's people like James that. James Royce Royce. James Royce Royce. And then his... His other co-worker that gets mentioned quite often. I can't remember his name Oh, right Reese, um, Reese yeah. something something. A double-barreled. Yeah. You'll say his full name all the time and it's fantastic. The social media guru. The Welsh one. <laughs> that, that can't use social media. <laughs> no. I've been hearing about this Instagram thing. My, it killed me when they were like, I'm going to go update our MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Like you're, you're on it, man. You've got it. That fucking hashtag at the beginning. I was like reading it in the car and I had to tell the driver. I was there, they were like, what is going on? And I was like, okay. I had to start like a page back just to get all of the information in there just so I could read this fucking hashtag. Which Oh, what was the hashtag? I'm pulling it up. Hashtag Celia Terror Research and Protection Project Annual Fundraising Dinner and Dance with Silent Auction of Etymological Specimens, also known as the Beetle Drive at the Royal Ambassadors Hotel Marlebone. Not the one in Edinburgh. Tickets available from our website now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I loved when he was like, I can't fit all the information in a tweet. And then Luke was like, Yeah. Put it in a picture. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's the, that's this one. It's like, and now it's only letting me put another forty-two letters in. He's like, for fuck's yeah. sake, I'll make a graphic. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I so heard good. those were good for the for the visual learners. Like, yep, that's <laughs> that's what we call them in the social media learn the visual learners. I find that particularly funny because that's my job. Hey. I'm also someone. Lisa of is a social, social media, media guru. guru. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I make Robbie do our social media because I'm not getting paid for this shit. I love doing our social media. Mainly because I, I just chat shit most of the time. I love it. I'm here for it. Hey. Do we have another question? Yes, we do. All right. This one comes from Callum. Callum asks, <gasps> Callum asks, Lisa has mentioned in the past that a refusal to communicate as plot devices is what is pushing her away from YA books. How do you feel that trope is handled in boyfriend material? Wait, since it mentioned me, I'll go first. <laughs> No, I actually think it was actually... (laughs) I think the miscommunication trope was handled quite well in this book. Mostly because they establish why specifically Luke is so fucking bad with communication. Yeah. Like, there's a reason behind it. It's not just because they're dumb teenagers. It's because he's emotionally wrecked. And I think there's, like, a good reason that... um... Because Oliver clearly starts to like him as well. And I think mm-hmm. the reason that when the, the Oliver doesn't just come out and say it is also like incredibly um, strong and sort of related to the storyline because, you know, they've lied about it. They've said they're just going to pretend. So even mm-hmm. when Oliver starts to have feelings, um, Luke is being his asshole self where he doesn't communicate and hates everyone. So mm-hmm. Oliver's getting all these feels and and Luke is just treating him like shit. So he's just like... Yeah, this is not real. I need to remind myself. And it's just yeah. like heartbreaking because I'm like ah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it is incredibly heartbreaking because like no, these are these are both amazing people that have been incredibly fucked up. And like you can see the ways in which their lives and mostly parents have fucked them up. Yeah. But I think what I love about this book is that their age mm-hmm. is about our age. Yes. Like, it didn't feel like a YA because the, the characters are the same age as us. Yes. It's definitely not quite YA. It's definitely more of a new adult genre. And I really appreciated that. And, like, I think because it's not YA, they had to give those reasons. They're like, well... We're kind of almost grown-ups now. We kind of have yeah. to have reasons of... We can't just not talk to people because we don't feel like it. Yeah, exactly. Or because it'd be too embarrassing. No, yeah, we've been no, I all fucked up well. in specific ways, which causes our communication problems. Hey. Ayo. Ayo. Bum, bum, bow. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I, I definitely, like... I never really saw that personally. As a refusal to communicate, I saw that as plot device because of how it fit into the book. Miscommunication used perfectly well. Yes. So we have another question from Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. Brandon asks, this is very much an opposites attract type of book. How do you feel that trope played out over the course of the novel? I don't know if it was opposites attract. I think Oliver had his life fully set up with his own Mm -hmm. hobbies and his own sort of career and and he just he wanted someone to spend it with whereas Luke 
didn't have a fucking clue who he was. Like, I don't think at any given point we saw him have a hobby or listen to a taste of music. The only music we really hear him listen to is his dad's. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, they briefly talk about how um, Luke doesn't like Oliver's choice of music, but I don't think at any point it was like, we are complete opposites. It was more yeah. just like, Luke was in a rut, so he had a messy flat and was depressed and sat in and watched movies, but he enjoyed tidying his room and he enjoyed having a clean room, so I don't think they're necessarily opposites that have attracted, I think... They're probably quite similar, and Oliver helped get Luke out of a rut. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, I think it's presented as an opposites attract, like, because he's obviously, like, the, the suited-up lawyer, like, Oliver's the suited-up lawyer, or barrister, as y'all call it. Um, yes, my lord. And, yes, my lord. Why do you still <laughs> wear the wigs? Um... <laughs> And then Luke is like, the bad boy and the tabloids. And obviously, like, those are presented as opposites. But yeah, no, in reality, I think once you got to actually know their characters, they weren't that opposite. And I think it's that they stripping both down of breakfast. your outward personas. What? Yeah. I said they both love breakfast. They both love breakfast. And it is one of the best meals of the day. Honestly. That was so cute when Oliver was just like, what's your obsession with French toast? Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking delicious, and you apparently make it quite well, so... Well, no, it was just like the, oh, it's it's just, you know, the symbol of domesticity, and I just never thought anyone would make it for me, and I was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> Same, though. <laughs> I just want to wake up to French toast just once. That would be the dream. <clears throat> I would probably propose up. that morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anyone wants wants to land Robbie, you know how. Oh my god! Li- yeah, literally. If anyone's listening to this podcast thinking, I want <laughs> Robbie to marry me, make me French toast. Just turn up at my flat with some French toast. <laughs> if you don't know where I live, then we're probably not close enough for you to make me French toast. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. <clears throat> but if you do know where I live, then you know what to do. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so this question comes from Chris. Chris, thank you, Chris. Chris asks Oh thank you. Boyfriend material was much more closed door than red, white, and royal blue. Do you think this affected the narrative? Closed door? Yes, so that is a writer's term for oh, they didn't explicitly write out the sex. Oh yes. Well And what was the question, sorry? Now I'm just thinking about them having sex. <laughs> Robbie. Sorry. Quarantine been has been long. I get it. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, it has. Uh, boyfriend material was much more closed door than red, white, and royal blue. Do you think that do you think that affected the narrative? No. I think it worked more because Oliver was a very private person. And I think it would yes. have felt almost insidious to hear like for him to say to 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 you know, for a good two thirds of the novel, he refused to have sex with, with Luke uh, out of just like mm-hmm. pure curiosity or fun or boredom, and was like, no, like I only have sex with people I like. And then they did have sex, and it would have mm-hmm. felt almost like creepy to hear yeah. about it. 
Whereas Red, White and Royal Blue, they were just a bunch of sluts having fun. And I mean that in <laughs> the most sex positive way. I love everyone. Yes, no, it was definitely different. I think it definitely would have felt like an intrusion mm-hmm. for these characters. Mm-hmm. Because like, yes, Luke isn't necessarily a private person, but he kind of wants to be. Like, yeah. you kind of get that, like, he doesn't want his life to be splashed across the tabloids. The man oh, wears think, hedgehog underwear. I think that's the whole point, though. He's deliberately not private about very specific things so that mm-hmm. people think he's an open book. Yeah. I do the same thing. I do the yeah. same thing. I share a lot of very specific things at work so everyone thinks I'm real chatty and, like, sharing. And then mm-hmm. the people that do know me are like, no, we're all be... <laughs> does not like anyone here <laughs> no it's fine <laughs> no it's a good it's a good it's a good good strategy a, a good good strategy good good um we do have like this is just a question that i have oh hit me with it hit me with it alexis hall writes so many very smartly written characters they're all so witty and so much fun. Does it make you as a reader feel more stupid knowing that there's a person yes. that can write many, many characters that are all probably smarter than you? Yes, 100%. And I think, like, I haven't had double whammy because I had to deal with Alexis Hall writing, <clears throat> writing like that. And then I also had to deal with Joe Jameson narrating every single character with a different fucking accent. <laughs> and I'm going to have like, to listen to the audiobook. How are people so talented? I Fuck know. off. You're making me... That's why I'm bad. not talented. They took, all, they took it all. Exactly, Lisa. This is why we're here. This is why we're making podcasts instead of writing novels, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> they all took all the talent. Yeah, bastards. <laughs> Okay, so one more question. This one comes from Ben. Ben asks, how do you feel about the lack of redemption arc for Luke's father? I loved it. I thought it was so accurate. Um, And honestly, the entire novel, I was like, see if they just become best friends. I'm going to hate it. Yeah. And then there was that plot twist of he ended up not having cancer and he he left. Oh, sorry. I think Lisa was about to... Syn- synopsize that and I just went ahead with it yeah. um, for, yeah, so, yeah, for listeners that haven't read it first of all why the fuck are you listening to this podcast second of all um, at the start of the book Luke's <laughs> dad comes third of all yeah, um, Luke's dad comes out of the woodwork and says I've got cancer I'm gonna die and I want to know my son before I go um, mm. for anyone that wasn't sure that was a Yorkshire accent and it was spectacular. Um, Spot and on, so, I think. Oh, 100%. Um, <laughs> so Luke gives him time and he basically shits all over Luke. He's an asshole. All he does is talk about himself. He's got, he doesn't care about Luke or his life at all. And then it turns out that the tests he got done came back benign and he doesn't have time for a son anymore. And he just drops him. Whoa, weird how that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like, it's like it's obviously very hard for Luke, and it gets a little bit easier because of 
all the things he's been learning about with himself with Oliver, but like it's definitely like some people are just shitty and now next time he comes around, you know it's actually not worth your time. Exactly, exactly. And I love when his mum was like, He cannot try this again with you, Mon Petit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, can we talk about Luke's mom for a minute? Luke's mom was amazing. I I just love that. We have started our engines and we're ready to go. This is my first viewing party and I'm quite proud. It was when um, it was when the um, uh, Luke was doing the dishes and then she's like, uh, "Come on, my dears, we are putting the show on now, and you do not want to miss the introductions. They are iconic." <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because Luke's mom has been throughout the entire book obsessed with drag race. Yes. <laughs> just so, so good. Um so funny. I just like I also just like how she just refers to refers to like Oliver and Luke and they're just like the gays. Yeah. And when she said to Oliver, she was like um, you might not know this, but the woman, uh, the man that we saw at the start is the woman in the middle of the panel. <laughs> we did not realize it when we first started, but then we realized they were very quite similar. <laughs> <laughs> they had the same I was like, in fairness, it's quite the transformation our RuPaul yeah. does. It's quite a transformation. <laughs> it is. I don't blame anyone. Yeah, It's like the same as Courtney Act. Like, yes. would not recognize oh Courtney Act as a man. Yeah. Yeah. No, my favorite was when she was just like, you're much too protective of your asshole for a gay. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's true, though. It's true, though. And like, I, I just love that because they're coming from this loving place of not knowing anything about gay yeah. culture. It's like her, his mom and her like wild 80 year old friend. Yeah. Who I think was royalty. Of some sort, but I mean, I feel like half the characters in this book also happen to just be some kind of royalty. I don't know. They were all very aristocratic. True, true. Too complicated for me. (laughs) We've just got three classes here: upper, middle, and poor people. Um, (laughs) I thought you were going to say poor, less poor, and billionaires. I mean, yes, (laughs) but y'all got lords and duchesses and. This Viscount yeah, but you can you shit. can pay to know. be a lord. You can. Yeah, you can buy like oh, yeah, a yard. No, but... Yeah, they. I keep. I keep seeing those ads on TikTok. They're like, become yeah. a Scottish lord or lady. So you like pay to own like a square meter of land, and because you own that land, you're a lord. Ah, oh, see, does that mean I get a green card immediately to Scotland? This could I'm not be entirely a sure that's good way works. to navigate. <laughs> Good way to save Robbie for marriage. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Please, please, give her, a, give her a ladyship. <laughs> um, where were we discussing his mother? Just so good. Yeah, they're just, she was and queen. they come from this place of love, being like, "I'm not sure if this is a question I can ask, but I'm going to, and you let me know yeah. if it's offensive." Yeah, but I think that's the best way to do it. Like, yeah. Don't be scared to ask like, questions, but then I get that some people can take them the wrong way, and I think we all just need to stay like objective. And that, like, if they don't mean if they don't mean to be offensive, they probably just weren't aware. And it's an educational moment rather than a 
you will burn in hell for being such an asshole. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does depend on how you ask the question. They did ask the questions in quite a non-offensive way, where you're kind of like, yes. you're just old, so that's cute. <laughs> also, I wasn't aware that y'all just use WhatsApp for everything. We love a WhatsApp group here, yeah. I was Lisa, you're part of a WhatsApp group. I know. I just thought that was because I was from far away and it would have cost money to text me. I mean, yes, but also <laughs> WhatsApp. I just, why don't you guys use regular texting? Well, so the problem is some people have text, some people have iMessage and most people have WhatsApp. See, the thing is, I guess over here, most people don't have WhatsApp, but that's fine. Oh, we love WhatsApp. Everyone's got a WhatsApp group. I mean, apart from most of my friends, actually. I think you're the only WhatsApp group I've got, actually. Oh, we should fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any hot I mean, listeners? Male listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start a Discord, <laughs> but it's going to be a WhatsApp. Um, yeah. Hey. Oh, my God. We're doing fine. What uh, Discord group? Um. Anyways. My lord. Do you have any questions about the book? Or do you have any things to go on about? What was your favorite no, scene? I, my favorite part was definitely when oh. they drive all the way to Durham, get to the hotel. The guy at the mm -hmm. hotel won't let them in. So Bridget calls Oliver and then finds out that Oliver didn't go to Durham. Oh. <laughs> yes. And Bridget, Bridget's on the phone like, oh, uh, are you in your room? What room would it be? Oh, you're not in Durham. <laughs> you decided not to go. All right, well, great chatting. Goodbye. <laughs> great chatting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. The whole book was just so good. So, so good. I can't so even good. think about which one was my favorite. I mean, I did love the bit at the Beetle Drive. Or maybe, like, oh, I like the part where Luke was meeting all of Oliver's friends, and they were kind of like, they were like, oh, so here's my asshole friend because she's the wrong kind of lawyer. So try and convince her to spend her money on dung beetles and he's like this is risky yeah that was that was quite good i liked that i got so sad when he didn't like that his family i know oliver's okay. family were being really mean to him yeah like, like we kind of explained about luke's family oliver's family is a whole different kind of fucked up just horrible horrible people and you could see it in both of the in both oliver and his brother Mm -hmm. They're like overly competitive because they were competing for their parents' affections their whole life. And like also, well, just their whole lives being controlled by these people. Like every single mm -hmm. decision is for them. And then when Oliver stood up for Luke to his dad. Oh, oh yes. So romantic. And I was so worried Luke was going to be like, that was not your place. And then they'd fall out. But Luke was just like, thank you for being there. Nothing. Be an emotional roller coaster, guys. It is definitely an emotional ro roller coaster, and yes. I would rate it five out of five stars. So would I. So would I. Our second, our second agreement of five out of five stars. I think. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It was honestly one of the best things I've read this year. Same. Just because of how funny and how good it was. Thank you, thank you, Michael, for suggesting it. It was exactly what we needed post-election and oh, the really world, world being terrible and stressful. It really, really was. Yeah, no, I really loved it. Um, so, 
Boyfriend material by Alexis Hall. Five out of five. Yes. Do you want to announce next month's book club? Yes. Would you like oh. to do a drum roll, please? Yes. Um. So our next book club for the month of December, the festive season, Ooh. we will be reading <gasps> Murder for Christmas by Francis Duncan. It's a Mordecai Tremaine book. It's the fourth of this. It's a detective novel, which is something we haven't done before. But yeah, I don't think it's... No, it's in Sherbroom. It's another... Okay. One, 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 one question. Were any of those towns that they mentioned, aside from London and Boyfriend Material, real? All of them were real, yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all name things weird. I'm assuming you're specifically talking about the Welsh ones. No, I believe that Welsh. I can't. Pr- I did. I didn't even try to pronounce those in my head. Um, Joe Jameson did a great job. I'm sure he did. Yeah, he did. Yes, but this one takes place in Sherbrooke, which ends with an e. Did I pronounce that right? Oh, yeah, I think so. That's how I would say it, Sherbrooke. Okay, but yes, it's a murder mystery. Very excited. I am excited. Yeah, because we've done a detective one that was like the creepy one with the murder mm-hmm. and the kid. But we've never done like a murder mystery, so this will be yeah. good fun. So I would spooky consider, Christmas. I would have considered the the Whisper Man to be more of like a horror thriller, yeah, than a detective but, mystery. <clears throat> but then, like, it wasn't even really horror because, like, he was a human, right? It was yes, more of a crime. But also, there was like paranormal elements. Anyways, the whispering, the whispering, <gasps> and the the mother being a ghost. Anyways, that was the Whisper Man. You can go back and listen to that episode if you read the oh. book. It's a very good book. Definitely. Um, but yeah, next we- month we will be reading A Murder for Christmas. You can find it on our bookshop.org, which we will have the link to in the description. And get or like at your local bookshops. Shop local, please. It's a holiday yeah. season. Exactly. Um. Well, with that, guys, until next month, Keep, Keep reading, reading fine. fine. I can't believe you didn't know what home was. <laughs>